0: And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast.
1: Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Drop the chips, make physically fit protein snacks part of your daily gold medal routine. They're high in protein made from 100% all natural real chicken meat and organic plant protein. Air baked, low in net carbs and tasted insanely delicious. Grab a bag today and enjoy curbing your hunger with a crispy crunch and intelligent real food protein snack. Now you and your family can reach the gold with Physically Fit. Now available in 11 great flavors. Visit PhysicallyFit.com. Hey,
0: everybody. Thanks for checking out the podcast. We greatly appreciate your support. But right here at the top of the show, before we get started today, I wanted to send a shout-out to a friend of the show, Jay Fratt, who tweeted me a picture yesterday, and uh, I just wanted to give him a shout-out here. He says, I'll just leave this here. And then it's a screenshot that says, Old Mortgage number of months left 317 new mortgage number of months left 240 months off of loan 77 think about that 77 house payments gone. years off loan 6.4 total savings 206,906 dollars and 53 cents that's worth repeating $206,906.53. two hundred and six thousand nine hundred and six dollars and fifty three cents this is what jay saved at SaveWithConrad.com. he made sure to put in the tweet oh by the way my monthly payments went up a whopping thirteen dollars thank you to larry jennifer philip and the entire team for making this decision super easy to go through cannot recommend looking into this info enough so there you go save with save jay and his family and in order to save that money and cut 77 payments off of his loan, he's paying 13 extra dollars a month. Step one is to go to savewithconrad.com. Step two is to do a quick application, either online or over the phone. And step three is for us to give you three or four different money-saving ideas. And once you finish step four and pick the right option for you, you're off to the races. It really is that easy. This is a real-life example of someone who listens to this show and then went to SaveWithConrad.com to take my challenge. Find out how much money you can save for free. It's no cost, it's no obligation, and you don't need perfect credit, so why wouldn't you do this? And oh, by the way, we're licensed in more than 40 states, so we can help more families than ever before. So even if you've taken a look once upon a time into refinancing, it's worth another look right now. It was worth nearly two hundred and seven grand to Jay, Find out how much money you can save right now at savewithconrad.com. Animal S number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? You won't have to make your payment in July or August. You're done until September 1st. And come September, you've got a better mortgage. Get out of debt now. Keep more of your own money. Go to savewithconrad.com. Love talking about my friend Steven Singer. You know, the competition really hates him. He makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better, and he makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every guest the perfect price. That's right. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Head to Steven Singer Jewelers, and you're guaranteed to get the perfect price. You'll never pay more than the person next to you. Here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. The person next to you may be paying less. Do you want an important purchase like diamond jewelry to be based on your negotiating skills? Not the case at Steven singer because at Steven singer jewelers. You're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. That's why we trust Steven singer. He makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. Check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut and Philly or online at IHateStevensinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. That's IHateStevensinger.com. Will he want to go man-
1: Hey, this is Kurt Angle and welcome to the Kurt Angle show. On today's episode, we will be discussing my match against Randy Orton, ECW one night stand 2006 pay-per-view and all the events leading up to it. But first I want to introduce to you my co-host Conrad Thompson. How are you doing Conrad? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Excited about the show today.
0: Me too, man. And you know what? We should go ahead and address it right up front. We've got something special planned next week. So stay tuned and tell your friends. We have a very special guest. Tell everybody who it is. Kurt.
1: It is the most dangerous man in the world. Ken Shamrock. That's <laughs> right. We got him on the show.
0: <laughs> I, I can't believe that we were able to pull this off all because of you, man. You got some stroke around these Hills. Don't you?
1: <laughs> I try, man. I try. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm super excited to catch up with Ken Shamrock next week. Uh, we, we sort of broke our format a few weeks ago. We had our very first guest, Randy Orton and the follow-up effort, just as big and just as great of a guest, Ken Shamrock, the hall of famer himself. He'll be here next week, but today it's all about a rather unique experience. We're talking about ECW's one night stand, 2006. And, uh, I don't know that you and I've ever talked about this, Kurt, but in real life, my favorite wrestling show I ever attended was ECW one night stand in 05. that crowd was just electric. How were they for
1: 06? They were obnoxious. They were, they were loud. <laughs> they, uh, right on top of you. The fans, you know, that Hammerstein ballroom is a tough venue to perform in front of, cause these fans are crazy and they're loud. Yeah. They don't yeah. stop. They say what they want, what they want to say, and they do what they want to do.
0: It is an unbelievable environment. I'm excited to talk about it. I mean, when you think about Kurt Angle and Randy Orton, that doesn't exactly seem or feel like an ECW show, but by God, they made it happen.
1: We did make it happen. I'm not sure how, but we made it happen. You're right.
0: (laughs) So the last time we talked about this with you, you talked about the ECW crowd and, um, you even sort of teased this match when we were talking with Randy, your ECW debut after the draft show would see you brawl with Mick Foley in your hometown of Pittsburgh. And we know that Mick would go on the team with edge against Terry Funk and Tommy dreamer. Were there ever talks of putting you and Mick together
1: at any point? I, uh, You know what? It would be very entertaining. I yeah. would love when the segments with Mick, that would have been awesome, but I didn't hear of any talks. Nobody talked to me personally about it. So I, I don't think it was going to come to fruition at all.
0: I mean, it is sort of the definition of styles clash. I mean, you've got the wrestling machine versus a guy who was the hardcore icon. And at that point in his career was heavy on entertainment, but you had shown that you had some acting chops too. So it could have been interesting.
1: It would have been funny. It would have been very entertaining. I would have had a lot of fun performing with Mick. He's, he's an incredible talent. He's hilarious. He's, he's a, you know, he's, he's one of the funniest guys I've ever met.
0: Uh, by the way, if you haven't already go check out on the A and E app, you can see his biography episode that aired a couple of weeks ago. Fantastic show. Let's talk about Randy Orton. though. we briefly mentioned after WrestleMania 22 and your three-way with him and Rey Mysterio that Randy had to go serve a suspension. He had, uh, done some quote unquote stupid stuff and gotten himself suspended, but he's coming back here after WrestleMania 22. And the first time we see him back is him hitting an RKO on you. So we're just picking up where we left off with you and Randy. Are we not?
1: Yes. I think what they did, they were combining two storylines, the CW draft and my, my program with Randy, which started at WrestleMania and continued on where I actually broke his ankle. He went out and, you know, with his suspension came back. So they were just trying to put two of the pieces of puzzle together. Yeah. And one.
0: So you finish up on SmackDown the night after the draft. It's a 20 minute match against Ray Mysterio who's world champ at the time. And you get a win by count out. Uh, and at the time in your mind, I'm sure you didn't think your last match on SmackDown would be here. Uh, how much did you enjoy working with, with Ray
1: Mysterio? Well, Ray was a once in a generation wrestler. I mean, the kid is unbelievable what he's able to do in that ring. Uh, you know, he, he's able to suspend the fans belief he's 145 pounds that he can beat 300 pound heavyweights. He has a connection with the fans like no other. He's a very special talent. We will not see another Ray Mysterio in this lifetime. He is that special.
0: We talked a little bit about Paul Heyman, uh, when we did the ECW draft episode, what was your relationship like with Paul at the time? I mean, were you guys, texting or emailing or having phone calls, or would you normally just catch up with each other at the building?
1: We would text every once in a while. You know, Paul would ask me a question or what I felt about a certain, you know, storyline or angle. Uh, but I, I got along well with Paul. Um, he managed me before the ECW and um, we had a lot of success together. And I love this ideas and concept. He's got a great mind for the business.
0: Meltzer would write in the observer, the move of angle to ECW last week showed two things. The first is the company isn't confident that the old ECW can carry things. And the reality is this project was never going to succeed in 2006 based on the old ECW. The second is it showed a commitment by the company for this to succeed. And, and I really like that. I mean, if we're honest, what they were doing that made them so high in 95, 96, 97 probably wouldn't have worked in 06, you know, the styles had changed fans had sort of moved on pop culture had changed, but I guess I never really thought about it from that perspective, that if they're willing to take one of their big players off the board and Kurt angle and move them to this new brand, it means as silly as we hardcore ECW fans may have thought this idea was of you're going to relaunch it, they're at least committed to it, or they wouldn't pull a major player over. So I know we've sort of broke down that conversation a few times where he comes to you, he being Vince and ask you to make the jump, but did you feel like, Hey, even if I don't love the idea, he picked me. That's kind of a cool thing.
1: Yeah, I, I did. I, I took it as a sense of uh, confidence. You know, we, if Vince believed in me. He knew that I could carry the company, uh, could be the face of ECW and bring success to it. And, you know, that, that builds your confidence. It tells you that he has a lot of faith in you as a wrestler and as a talent. And, you know, I, I, I was very appreciative about it. I mean, it, you know, at the same time, I wasn't that excited because I didn't know what was in store for me. I right. didn't know if I was going to walk into chair shots and Kendo sticks or, or if I was going to be able to wrestle as the wrestling machine did.
0: who were your sort of confidants at this point in your career, when you think back to 'o six. Were you talking to someone all the time? Were you riding with someone? Did you bunk with someone? Just tell me about your circle of friends here in 06 and what that looked like.
1: Well, my circle of friends at the time were, you know, Brock Lesnar, Big Show, um, you know, the, the team angle, uh, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. We did a lot of traveling together and that was my unit. Those were, those were my uh, best friends. Those are the guys that I hung out with the most of the time. So even when
0: Brock is gone and, and he's off doing other things and trying to take over, uh, in, in new avenues, are you still trying to maintain a relationship with him or is, is your relationship with Brock at the time, or even now more of a, Hey, sort of see you when I see you, type deal.
1: It's, it's always been see you when I see you because Brock, isn't that much of a a social butterfly. Right. you know, calling him and saying, how are you? How, what's going on with your life? Are you doing okay. How's your family? Uh, Brock's not really into that stuff. So, you know, you're, you're if you call him, you're most likely going to get an answer machine.
0: <laughs> it's just fascinating to take a look at, uh, you know, what his life was like sort of between WWE and UFC. We know he's going to, you know, set the UFC on fire, but here he's trying to, you know, do some stuff in Japan, et cetera, et cetera. So he's still in the wrestling game, but on another continent, uh, let's talk about the live special on USA. They're calling it ECW versus WWE. And it had you and Randy Orton going back and forth in promos regarding raw versus ECW and Randy coming for revenge. When do you think Randy started to come into his own, uh, on the microphone? It feels like as soon as he showed up, he was a natural in the ring with his Placement and timing, or at least that's what people who know wrestling tell me, but it feels like in this era, he started to really turn up the promos. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes. Randy was always good in the ring. He needed to sharpen his skills on the promo, you know, from a promo perspective. And he did, um, he is so cold and calculating in the ring and he takes his time. He controls the tempo of the match. He doesn't let the fans control it. He had to do that with his promos too, because Sometimes when he would talk, the fans would start responding and he would speed up his conversation, but Randy learned how to slow it down and be cool and calculated in his promos as he was in his matches. Randy's a natural heel. That's his best asset. There's no other heel like him. There's no other heel better than it.
0: So growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but eventually we all give it up because we realize it's full of sugar and other junk we probably shouldn't be. eating. But if you're like me and you sort of remember pro wrestling with Saturday mornings and cartoons, cereal's right in there, dude, or at least it was for me. I got to admit, I don't wake up every Saturday morning and watch old wrestling anymore, but I still enjoy a good bowl of cereal and I love watching old wrestling and now you can too. We're talking about our friends at magic spoon. You know, we hope we're scratching your itch for wrestling nostalgia. Well, Magic Spoon is scratching your itch for delicious cereal that you can enjoy guilt-free. Don't take my word for it. Check this out. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. In fact, it's only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly. It's gluten-free. It's grain-free. It's soy-free. It's low-carb. And it's GMO-free. But, boy, it is full of taste. And you can build your own box right now. That's right. Customize your own bundle with cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. Here at the household, it has become a big debate. What's the best flavor? The kids really are into peanut butter right now. I'm still rocking the cinnamon. I didn't start that way, but I wound up that way. Cinnamon is my jam. Oh, here's a little pro tip for you. If you mix cocoa and peanut butter together, it takes exactly like a peanut butter cup. That's the way Dave Silva says it around the office. I don't know if we've talked about that, but... Uh, he can't say peanut butter cup. He has to say peanut butter cup like really fast. Well, anyway, I'm going to make him mix together his cocoa and peanut butter next time he's over just to see if I can get him to say peanut butter cup one more time and then I'll point and laugh. But nobody's going to be laughing when you enjoy guilt-free magic spoon. Dude, how great is that? Cocoa, fruity, frosted peanut butter blueberry, cinnamon. It's a custom bundle. You pick it uh, and they're all winners. Go to magicspoon.com/angle right now to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today and be sure to use our promo code angle at checkout you'll save five dollars off your order and magic spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee so if you don't like it for any reason they'll refund your money no questions asked remember get your next bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com forward slash angle use the promo code angle to save five dollars off Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode and a delicious breakfast. Try the Peter get your custom bundle today. MagicSpoon.com forward slash angle. Why do you think he's such a, a great natural heel? Is it just his natural personality and demeanor, or he's just he's just great at it?
1: He's just great at it. I don't know if he's a real life asshole, <laughs> but you know, you gotta have a little asshole in you to, you know, to be that kind of character, uh, you know, to portray it. But Randy was just um he, he just had it all together. He he knew how to take his time and um you know he didn't let the fans control anything. So he he would slow the promo down to frustrate the fans until they listened. I mean, he he knew how to pull back. And make sure the fans knew he was in control. That's Randy. Orton. It's
0: fascinating to me. When you look at guys like sting who really never played a heel, uh, certainly Ricky steamboat, never really played a heel, but then you see other guys and you're like, well, Hulk Hogan could do both. Well, Ric Flair, I probably prefer more as a heel, but when Randy Orton's a baby face, I don't know. It just feels like this just doesn't <laughs> feel right.
1: He should be a heel. Yeah. It's like a sore thumb. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Like with, um, yeah. Randy is um, he, he's effective as a, as a baby face, but he still does heal tactics. As yeah. A baby you know, he doesn't change much of his match or his psychology. Randy just is Randy and he's a very special talent. And the great thing about him is, you know, he doesn't have to have these you know, long drawn out false finishes and finishes and matches his RKO, he protected it so well, he can hit it out of nowhere, and the fans are going to buy into it that it's the finish. And, you know, he reminds me a lot of Jake the Snake. You know, Jake the Snake, he didn't need a comeback and a bunch of false finishes uh, to build up to his finish. He hit the DDT out of nowhere. Randy Orton's the same way. He's very special like that.
0: I've often... Um thought a guy like Randy and even maybe more modern day, a guy like, uh, or this younger generation, a uh, Cody Rhodes, whether they're a heel or a baby face almost depends on the opponent. Would you agree with that?
1: Without a doubt. Yes. It, it definitely depends on the opponent. You know, when Randy's wrestling, you know, uh, triple H, uh, most likely he's going to be a baby face. If he's wrestling Roman reigns, he would be a heel. Uh, but you know, he. He, uh, he's effective on both sides. He he's a very talented individual. He's got his shit together and he knows what he's doing in that ring.
0: Let's keep it going here. You're in a 20 man battle Royal, which comes down to you, Randy and big show, uh, which has uh, Randy eliminating you for the WWE victory, but big show reveals himself to be an ECW member and eliminates Randy. So you're in the ring with some people that you've probably never shared a wrestling ring with like little Guido, Terry funk. Uh, tatanka tony mamaluke sandman balls mahoney it's like a hodgepodge of talent what do you remember of this
1: <laughs> i remember knowing that uh, these guys were hardcore ecw guys and you know i was i was expecting a chair shot i didn't know what was going to happen but you know these guys are professionals and it was a lot of fun to get in the ring with them uh didn't have a problem with any of them uh they they all did what they were told to do and you know they—they're professionals. They—they they know they know the business. And getting in the ring with Kurt Angle, you're going to have to be careful. Uh, take care of our top talent. And they—they uh, they had a lot of respect for me, so I have a lot of respect for them back.
0: We have a ton of respect for Terry Funk around these parts. What do you remember about your interactions with Terry Funk?
1: There wasn't much with Terry. I—I I did talk to him. I—he uh, he is a really nice guy. I—I I was really surprised. You know, I, I know that, um, you know, he's been a hardcore wrestler for geez, 30, 35 years and, uh, but, but his hardcore personality, that's not really him as a person. He's, he's a really nice guy.
0: So now you're moving into the ECW brand, but you're still working with someone like Randy who you're super familiar with. So just in your head, that transition probably is a little easier, right? You're not dealing with an unknown entity. It's just Randy, but on a different show.
1: Yes. Uh, you know, having Randy was a safer bet. Um, I was injured. I had a hand, you know, hamstring, groin injury, my neck injury. Uh, I need to take it easy. I need to protect myself and Randy was a safe bet. He was a guy that would take care of me in the ring. He's very safe. So
0: let's talk a little bit about one night stand. Oh five. I sort of teased it at the top of our conversation that it was such an incredible experience as a fan. Uh, to be at that show, you're actually at that show too. Uh, you were sitting up top with the raw and SmackDown talent. And of course, Eric Bischoff was there and JBL was there and they're jawjacking with some other performers. And then there's the big brawl at the end of the night. What'd you think of one night stand? Oh five. I mean, you're just in the brawl at the end, but you're getting to see how crazy hot this audience is and what they're excited about. You know, what was your, your take back in O five sitting in the
1: crowd? They're, they're the most hardcore fans I've ever performed in front. Of. And, uh, with good reason, uh, ECW fans are the most passionate fans in the world.
0: So I'm curious when you find out, okay, the creative is Kurt you're with ECW. So you're going to be back. Even though last year you were in the, in the stands and people booed you now that you're representing the ECW brand, we'll think they'll come around, but we know they're going to hate Randy. Do you and Randy talk about that ahead of time or have any sort of concerns were you concerned that hey i'm not really a quote unquote ecw original these fans might not buy into me
1: well i wasn't that concerned i i knew i was over as a wrestler and you know maybe not with the ecw fans but i i was a babyface at the time i was the wrestling machine uh, i knew that there are a lot of fans that were backing me that you know that that were uh, staying on my side, uh, being a baby face. I, not 100% of the fans liked me as a baby face. Some fans didn't like me, but I I, I was pretty confident the ECW fans would like me, uh, especially with wearing my ECW mouthpiece. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I came up with that idea uh, about two weeks before uh, I started, and um, I had a USA uh, mouthpiece. I had a wrestling machine mouthpiece when I got drafted to ECW, I thought I better get my ass in ECW mouthpiece. because <laughs> fans are going to eat it up. And they did. They loved it.
0: Well, you know, briefly let's do a sidebar. When and why did you start wearing a mouthpiece and who made them for you?
1: Okay. In 2004, I believe, or 2005, John Cena punched me in the mouth and knocked three of my teeth out of my like, my three front teeth. Oh my gosh. And, um, I, you know, I went to the dentist and I, I had temporaries made and I had to wear a mouthpiece. So I, I wore the mouthpieces from there on. And once
0: you start wearing the mouthpiece, just in case this happens again, it becomes a regular thing. And eventually you decide, Hey, we should turn this into a quote unquote gimmick. This should be, you know, uh, we need a little pizzazz. We don't just need to run down to Dick's sporting goods and grab one. Who makes these custom ones for you? And how do you remember coming up with that idea?
1: Well, you're going to have to go to your dentist to get a custom mouthpiece. That's where Uh, I got
0: them. Okay.
1: My dentist would make them for me. He would take the molds of my mouth and, and then, uh, you know, make the mouthpiece and make the color with the letters on it. They did everything. So I didn't have to take it anywhere else. The dentist did it.
0: That's unbelievable. In my head, there's somebody in the back who just knew a way. I mean, I remember as a kid playing football you, uh, you have your mom boil it in hot water or something and bite down, you know, the old school mouthpieces. So I'm thinking, man, how'd they get that custom? And I know there's a bunch of gear makers out there. I wondered, is there a mouthpiece maker? Nope. The dog dentist. How about that?
1: <laughs> but the, these mouthpieces stay in your mouth. Yeah. mouthpieces pieces that you wore in football. Yeah. You know, they could get knocked out. These stick to your teeth really tight.
0: All right. So by now, you know, I am all about saving money, but I got to tell you something I just discovered a new way. How about this? It was right under our noses the whole time. Quick question. How many subscription services are you paying for each month? Do you know? Here's the thing. Subscriptions add up and sometimes we don't notice the monthly deductions from our bank accounts. Did you sign up for a bunch of subscription services during quarantine? I know I did, but now that we're back in the real world, are you still using all those apps and streaming video services? It didn't surprise me when I heard that 80% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. Are you one of them? What are you doing to save money and take control of your finances? How do you track all of your bill payments and budgets? Use an old school clunky Excel spreadsheet. You have scattered post-it notes all over your desk. Not anymore. True is the smartest way to manage your finances. They have an easy to use app and you can review your recurring charges all in one place. You can cancel the subscriptions directly through the app. It doesn't get any easier than that. They have a variety of tools to help customers improve their finances. You can create a monthly budget and expenses. You can track and evaluate your savings goals. You can even create automated savings, meaning you choose how much to put away each week. You'll even get push notifications when you're getting close to going over your budget or when your cash is running low. And how about this? It's easy to identify fraudulent activity. The best part about this to me is it offers multiple ways to save on your bills, and that is what they are all about at Truebill. You also get bank level security, and you're going to be working with many of the nation's top providers to help negotiate and lower your bills. You're going to feel good about your finances. People think they spend like $80 a month on subscriptions, but a lot of times it's closer to $200 a month. In fact, Truebill has saved its users more than $50 million. And they've got over a million users. Read their rave reviews right now for yourself at Truebill.com. Check this out. The average person saves $720 a year with Truebill. Get started today at Truebill.com angle. Take control of your finances and start saving at Truebill.com angle. That's Truebill.com angle. So here we are now it's you and Randy Orton, ECW one night stand six. You've said this was your favorite match during your short time in ECW. And here's what Dave Meltzer had to say about this. When angle, the biggest star of the quote unquote, new ECW came out. There appeared to be some resistance to the idea. He was infiltrating their sacred Alliance, but soon enough, they were fine with accepting him. It was a weird crowd. Angle versus Orton was the only match on the show that didn't have at least one moment, if not several, where either guy was wrestling sloppily, mistiming moves, missing spots or getting lost. Yet, it was also the only match to get strong boring chance. Orton was catcalled every time he used a wrestling hold. So, let's just time out right there before we continue with the observer recap. So Dave sort of felt like it was a weird crowd too, that eventually they came around to you and you guys had probably the the best technical wrestling match on the card, but a boring chant. That's not something that Kurt angles gotten a lot of in his career. How'd you react to that?
1: Well, Randy was telling me to calm down. Uh, You know, we, we made the match a little more methodical. We didn't have a lot of action starting off. And, uh, you know, I, I think that might've affected the match a little bit. But Randy's such a great heel. He calmed the crowd down. He got them to uh, get emotionally involved in the match. It took him some time, but but he didn't. He he was able to get the fans behind me. And that, that's what a great heel does. He has to frustrate the fans in a good way. Uh, give them what they need, not what they want at the time. You give them what they want. What they want is the finish. Yeah. And he, Randy is holding them off until they start getting with the match. That's why Randy is so good.
0: So Randy was calling that match to the best of your recollection.
1: Yes. Randy called the match. The heel for the most part calls the match. He leads the match and, uh, Randy was the best at it.
0: And For this show in particular, do you remember there being a lot of stuff that you guys would have worked out beforehand, or is it just going out there and feeling it out? Maybe you have a sequence here, or there, and the finish and that's probably it.
1: Yeah, we, we, we went over the match. We, we went over for about an hour or so. Um, you know, we came up with some good ideas, came up with some good false finishes, the lead up to the finish and the, the match was really smooth. I really liked it.
0: So even despite all of the uh, boring chance and Orton getting catcalled, he wasn't rattled, he was ready for it. And he was probably in his element. I mean, he loves being a heel, so this is a great day for him,
1: right? Oh yeah. He loves pissing the fans off. I mean, that's Randy. You know, he, if he could, he would wrestle for three hours and make them fall asleep. <laughs> it's just Randy, he just, you know, he's a natural heel and, uh, he, he, he wants the fans to absolutely hate him and he's very good at it.
0: You've, uh, you've wrestled in Japan and obviously the, uh, the fans react a little differently to wrestling over there. And obviously they're polar opposites from what we saw here at Hammerstein. You've also wrestled in like Stone Cold Steve Austin's favorite arena is the old Rosemont horizon, the all state arena, just outside of Chicago. And you've wrestled in open air stadiums and giant domes, but I've always been curious, what do you prefer? Because I, I feel like you'd want to be in front of a, a really hot crowd like this, but you said earlier, it's one of the more challenging audiences to wrestle in. I've heard other wrestlers say, man, Japan is really challenging. Cause they don't make a lot of noise and cheer. Like we're used to here in America. And then at the same time, you hear other guys say, I don't want to wrestle in a stadium because that sound just goes straight up. You can't hear what's your favorite style of crowd. If you had to pick,
1: I like Rosemont, Madison square garden, those arenas that are big and, uh, full of space, but the fans aren't right on top of you. Like the Hammerstein ballroom. Yeah. Uh, that, that's an obnoxious crowd there. You know, it gets really hot in there. I mean, it's like, yeah. It's like an oven because it's so small and it's so, um, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for. You're,
0: you're packed. I mean, you're jam packed in there like sardines. So the body heat just in of itself, that many people in that small of a space is
1: crazy. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I, I prefer not the wrestling stadiums, even though they're the biggest, um, you know, ticket sales. Sure. But, um, I do like the, the arenas that are big, uh, like the Chicago or Los Angeles. Yeah. Or, or New York, even Pittsburgh or Philadelphia. They're, they're great arenas.
0: What would your family do with an extra $108,000? That's a problem that our listener Jacob out in Colorado has now, thanks to SaveWithConrad.com. He recently saved money with us over at SaveWithConrad.com, gave us a five star review, and wrote this Our previous mortgage company made each step of the process difficult, but Jimmy took it in stride and made it happen. He was able to lock us in at one and a half percent less than we were at and saved us $108,000 over the life of the loan. Guys, that's unbelievable. Jacob saved more than hundred and eight grand. But how much can you save? It's free to find out right now. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. And with lesson number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, And oh, by the way, did we mention no house payments for two months and we're licensed in more than 40 states. So what are you waiting for? Start saving money today at SaveWithConrad.com. So let's talk about the match itself. Uh, Meltzer would write Kurt angle, beat Randy Orton in 1507 with all his injuries angle worked a more wrestling based safer style. He only took around three bumps the entire match aside from the suplexes he executed. They gave angle new entrance music to eliminate the pauses and to basically end the you suck chant. There was some resistance to angle being ECW at first, but with his ECW mouthpiece, he was accepted very quickly. The crowd turned on Orton and the crowd reactions were different here. They popped for every offensive move, but when angle was selling, they were quiet or chanted boring or hepatitis or whatever angle used a series of German suplexes on a comeback and angle slam for a near fall. He used an ankle lock, but Orton escapes Orton came off the top of the cross body and angle reversed it for another near fall angle. Eventually won via tap out with the ankle lock Orton limped and sold like he was re-injured going to the back. So that's the end of the match. You get the win, but I want to sort of break it down. He says you wrestled a more wrestling based quote unquote, safer style. And he thinks you only took around three bumps besides the suplexes you, uh, you executed when you're laying out that match with Randy for that hour or so, are you really making him aware of now we got to watch out for this. And hey, as a heads up, I, I got a little nagging thing there. Is that sort of the gist of the conversation?
1: Yes. For the first time in my career, I was actually being careful. I never did that before. This is the first time that I pulled back and said, I'm not going to give 110% I'm not going to give my full entire body to this match. I need to save my body. So that these injuries will heal. And that was the whole reason why I wrestled at Randy at ECW one night stand. Uh, they knew he would be a f- safe opponent for me.
0: So when you're, you're putting a match together like this sort of take us through the basic context of a match. A lot of our listeners, myself included, we've watched a lot of matches, but we don't really understand structure but I know there's, there's the heat and there's the shine and there's the cutoff and there's a hope spot. And there's all these terms that we've heard, but is there sort of a basic structure to putting together a match?
1: Yes. You, you want to start with the baby face and the heel. They start wrestling, the baby face out wrestles, the heel, the heel stops. The baby face gets heat on him, um, works. The heat puts him in holds, gives them a couple of false hope spots where the baby face looks like he's going to make his comeback but he doesn't. Then eventually you're going to do a double down where you both get knocked down and then the ref's going to 10 count. And when you get up, you start to come back. The baby face makes the comeback on the heel. They bump the heel around. Then the false finishes and submission trade-offs all occur at that particular time. And then you end up with the finish and whoever wins, if the baby face wins, he usually wins clean. If the heel wins, he cheats the win. That's a typical match.
0: So in a match like this, is there, uh, an agent involved? I mean, I understand that there's tons of agents that are there, but I'm just wondering, Hey, it's Kurt angle and Randy Orton. Do we really need an agent? Do you recall if there was one?
1: (laughs) Well, we, we do have agents that that provide us for each match. Um, uh, whether you're Kurt angle or, you know, or you're nobody, uh, you're, you're going to have an agent. So. Uh, they're going to give their insight. They're going to tell you what they feel is best in the match. And you can take it or you can, you know, get rid of it. It's it's up to you. But uh, their advice is usually pretty good, and we usually do use it. I use a lot of Johnny Laurinaitis' advice, and I used a lot of Pat Patterson's advice. And uh, those two are my favorite agents.
0: So... Yeah. For this particular match, when you're out there, you're wrestling with the crowd, you got the ECW mouthpiece, you've sort of laid out some of the structure. Randy's calling the match. Is there a moment in the match that stands out to you as being particularly memorable?
1: Well, I, I did like the false finishes. I thought that Randy and I had a great little array of false finishes before we did the finish. Um, I do remember Randy going for the RKO and me. Um, uh, pushing him down and getting him, uh, grabbing his ankle and get him in, getting him in the ankle lock, which I used in a previous pay-per-view against Randy, but Randy reversed it into a roll up. And then we came up and continued the match. I thought that spot was really cool. Um, you know, we, we, we had a lot of false finishes that I, I really liked and I liked the finish coming out of nowhere.
0: Tell me about the uh, series of suplexes. It's become a trademark in, in, in some of your matches, and of course, Brock Lesnar's uh, and once but once upon a time, Eddie Guerrero has his own version of uh, suplexes. but of course, you're using the Germans. Was anybody ever uh, particularly cautious or did you have different ways you threw it for different guys?
1: Well, you had to worry about whether a guy had a bad neck or not. so if if he has a bad neck, you're most likely not going to do the germans but if you do you have to land them on his back you can't throw him on top of his head and uh so if you're doing a german um you know you want the you want the uh, opponent to land flat on the top of his back and not hit his head although a lot of germans end up uh where you do hit your head uh it's a tough move to um perfect and uh it's an easy move to get injured from so you have to be really careful you have to know what you're doing if you're going to do germans hey this is your olympic hero kurt angle you ever have trouble picking the perfect gift that would make someone go wow best gifts create unbelievable experiences for those you love and memories that last a lifetime so i'm excited to announce cameo as a new sponsor of our show my fans use cameo for all kinds of things shout outs Roasts, thank you messages, congratulations. Cameo provides a kind of real fan connection used to only be able to get from a a once-in-a-lifetime chance encounter or backstage passes at a show. Cameo is the perfect gift for birthdays, graduations, weddings, or even just a case of the Mondays. I've even seen some people shooting their shot with Cameo by having a celeb ask their crush out on a date for them. Go to cameo.com, request a personalized video. Whichever star you choose will send you back a personalized video so you can wow the ones you love. So don't just buy a gift, make it a cameo. Go to cameo.com. Oh, it's true. It's damn true.
0: When you're working with Randy, is there anything different that you do with a German? Does he have a way that he likes to take them any different from anybody else?
1: No, Randy's just a big dude. He's six, five, six, six. So, you know, when you hit a German on him, uh, he has a lot of range and, you know, he has a big ass back. So, uh, it's a little easier Germaning Randy because you have a bigger target.
0: Let's, uh, let's keep it going here and talk a little bit more about the finish of the match. Oh, you know what, before we do the chance, you said they were, you know, being obnoxious. They're getting lots of different ones, uh, here going, you know, you even saw in the observer boring and even hepatitis referenced. Uh, and, and to be clear, Randy, uh, have hepatitis. So whatever, chat me up though. Uh, is there a chant you got in an ECW show that you thought, what the hell are they saying? Because that has become sort of a trademark of an ECW crowd. These crazy chants.
1: I I never heard of anything that was out of the ordinary. I, uh, I'm sure you have Conrad. Oh yeah. (laughs) Name a few. I want to hear them.
0: Well, they had a boy. This is something I didn't think I'd say on a podcast. They had a show your tits chant. Uh, whenever there would be tables broken, they would have a guy go in the ring and sweep it up with a broom and they would chant, sweep it up, asshole, sweep it up. Uh, (laughs) they had another chant for a lady and boy, this doesn't age well. She's a crack whore. I mean, there were some over-the-top chants where you're like, am I on a wrestling show? What's going on right now? Uh, that is
1: one mean crowd. <laughs>
0: yeah, this is a fired up crowd. Let's talk about the music though, because a chant that you'd become synonymous with and a big part of your character up until this ECW run is the pause in the music that allows the fans to chant. You suck. Now we've gotten rid of that. I realized that this is a weird sentence because out of context, it doesn't make any sense. But did you kind of miss the old you suck chance?
1: I actually never wanted him to. I never wanted WWE to take the you suck chance out of my "You suck song. Right. Of them as a baby face, as a heel. It was Vince McMahon that didn't like it. He didn't want fans chanting. You suck. When I was a baby face, when I was the wrestling machine. Right. Vince wanted to uh, deter them from doing it. So he decided to take the you suck chance out of my song. I loved them. I always liked it. I never had a problem with it. And uh, whether I was a heel or a baby, I knew when I was a heel, it was disrespectful as a baby, it was out of respect. So, uh, it was just something that the fans, uh, you know, related to me and, uh, it stuck with, you know, it stuck with it the rest of my career. Talk to me
0: a little bit about that night. Do you remember, did you stick around the show, uh, till the end of the show, or did you get out of there and, and head to the hotel or the next town or whatever?
1: I watched the last match, the main event, uh, or it was the main event, John Cena versus RVD. That's right. I thought it was a great match. I thought they had an excellent match. I didn't watch anything else because I was more concerned about my, my body and my injuries and icing my injuries after my match. So I was in the training room most of the time, but I did watch the, the main event.
0: That is something we haven't talked about before we talk about the main event. I want to know what was your routine in this era? After a match. I mean, we've seen some famous pictures in WCW when diamond Dallas page was hurting, he'd have an ice pack on a shoulder, one on his head, uh, one on each knee, uh, what, what was your sort of post-match wind down routine like here?
1: Uh, pretty much the same. I had ice everywhere. My neck, my shoulders, my knees, my back. Um, uh, the, the hard part was, um, you know, up until 2005, we didn't have, uh, a doctor or, you know, uh, we had a trainer, but there, we didn't have a lot of access to equipment or tape and all that stuff. It was there, but, um, it's not what
0: it is now. I mean, they have a whole medical exactly. staff. Now. They, 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 they,
1: they, the way it is now is so much better. The, everything's at the, the athlete's fingertips.
0: Yeah. Besides the ice, you know, are there any, is there anything else that you're using in this era to just sort of help you after a match? What's your, I mean, cause here's the thing. I realized this seems silly by today's standards, but back then I don't think people knew about CBD and, and, and all the relief that you could get for joint pain and things like that. So when you're coming out of the match, I mean, outside of, Hey, let's throw back a couple of Tylenol, or maybe you had a prescription thing. You got to really get creative with, with heat and cool and icy hot and rubs and ointments and all that stuff. Right?
1: Yeah, you had to get creative because, you know, today you can get just about everything you want. It's at your fingertips. But back then, the the most you had was some tape, uh, ice and a heating pad. That was pretty much it. Uh, you know, unless you wanted to just take Tylenol or, you know, obviously you can get prescriptions from a doctor, pain medicine, uh, which was uh a bad idea for me. But, you know, uh we all go through certain challenges in our life, but I think that it was really basic back then. We didn't have a lot of stuff to uh, help heal our bodies.
0: Pardon the interruption. I hope you're enjoying the Kurt Angle Show. Did you know that there's an official
1: store for the podcast? It's called Boyagimms.com. It's where you can find shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more, all related to the Kurt Angle Show. It is one of the best ways to support
0: the podcast. So check out Boxiagimms.com and thank you for listening to the Kurt Angle Show. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about, you know, this seems simple, but how were you able to get comfortable in this era? I mean, we've heard some guys, Hey, I had to ride in the back seat. I had to stretch out. I had to, I've heard big show say before, man, right after a show, I need to get flat. I need to lay down on my bus. What was, what was your go-to? Like when you leave the arena, you're going to get back to the hotel or you're going to get on the plane or get in the rental car. Did you have a routine, like a, a best practice to get comfortable?
1: I, I just went to the hotel room and went to sleep. I, I, you know, I, I, the the reason why I'm so banged up now is because I didn't take care of my body uh, while I was performing, when I was competing, I I was lazy. I didn't take the steps necessary to take care of my body and, and I suffered from it. And uh, you know, that that, I did the quick fix. I took painkillers and went to sleep and uh, that's not how you heal your body. That's how you destroy your body. And unfortunately that's what I did. So we know
0: after this match, you're going to stick around and you're going to see the main event, chat me up. You see, uh, the WWE move in a different direction. John Cena has sort of been the face that runs the place. Uh, they, they made him the world champion and he said his big crowning moment, of course, Batista has had his big moment. And now Cena, now we're going to try something a little different though. We're going to pivot to Rob Van Damme. And a lot of folks felt like Rob Van Dam probably should have been the guy, I don't know, four or five years prior to this. He finally gets the opportunity and the crowd could not be more ready for it. Uh, famously Cena would, you know, take a shirt off, throw it to the crowd, just like he would at every WWE show. And, uh, the crowd throws it back. I mean, it,
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: They were all over John. Do you remember seeing a main event with a hotter crowd than that one?
1: I mean, it was unbelievable. Oh, no, it, it was absolutely Uh, incredible. You know, they were so loud and so rowdy. Uh, They were so excited, especially Rob Van Dam. I mean, I I would say Rob back in the nineties was one of the faces of ECW.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: Without a doubt, him and Taz were probably the two top guys. So giving Rob a chance at this particular time was a smart move, especially for the ECW crowd.
0: Talk to me a little bit about, um, the, the decision to go with Rob Van Dam and your relationship with Rob John Cena feels like sort of the clean cut squeaky clean image that Vince McMahon had always wanted and Rob Van Dam is an underground sensation and, and wrestling fans love his style and they had been loyal to him for I don't know 10 years or so but he uh was not exactly the mold that Vince McMahon sometimes looked for did you have confidence that Rob could pull this off? And what was your relationship like with him in real life?
1: I got along well with Rob. We were great friends. And I, I thought that Rob should have gotten the chance four years prior. Uh, I think that he was hot as a wrestler. Um, he always was, whether he was ECW or WWE. Uh, and, and I think he, they gave me his opportunity that night and he proved it and I think that, you know, he should have done this years prior and, you know, he, he just had so much talent and, you know, what he was able to do with the ECW crowd was amazing.
0: Well, at the end of the night, of course, we know we've got a new world champion and we know, unfortunately it doesn't, uh, it doesn't bode well, not for long for Rob Van Dam. It was cut way, way short after that unfortunate situation he had. Um, let's talk a little bit more about what we're doing after this, when you come backstage after your match, we've talked about it at WrestleMania and things like that. And we've seen a lot of stuff, if you will, on, on WWE documentaries, even if it's a raw or SmackDown, when they have a big match, there's like a hero's welcome. I'm not assuming that you have that here with Randy Orton, but what was the backstage area or the quote unquote gorilla position like for one night stand compared to, a regular WWE show, any different or
1: about the same? Um, it was about the same. It was just a different feel because of the arena and, you know, having the fans, you know, Hammerstein ballroom is what? 3,000, you can fit 3,000 fans in there. I mean, that might be on the high end. Let's look that up right fast. Yeah. So it's not a very big arena. Um, <clears throat> but it, it's very effective. It's it's, it, it serves its purpose. Is the most obnoxious arena in the, in the United <laughs> States, and it has to do with both the arena and the fans. So, I, uh, you know, I I thought the night it, it was a normal night, but it wasn't normal because it was ECW.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm curious. Do you remember there being pushback from any WWE talents in terms of, you know, their attitude towards the ECW? Why are we doing this? These fans are assholes. It's a small arena. Do you remember anyone being particularly vocal about the whole concept of doing this this way?
1: No, nobody did. At least they didn't say it out loud. I'm sure they said it under their breath. Sure. Uh, but, you know, you don't want the boss hearing that uh, he made a mistake and you don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> That'd be a, a tough thing to uh, for Vince to accept. So, um, you know, I don't think nobody ever said anything, but I'm sure some of them were thinking.
0: Did you or Randy have the approach that, Hey, we would have had a better match if it wasn't for the crowd. Did you think that maybe the fans tried to ruin the match and s- sort of uh, quote unquote, get themselves over at your expense?
1: I think the fans try to work you as long as they can until they can't. And what Randy did is he exhausted them and made them get with the match. Eventually at first they weren't with it. And they were chanting boring or they weren't saying anything. And then they got a little rowdy they got out of control. And then Randy calmed them down and got them into the match. Randy is a a great storyteller and he's the best heel in the business. He knows how to get the match back on track.
0: Well, of course the match was on track and afterwards, Randy limps to the back. You get the big reaction, you know, your first ECW pay-per-view now under your belt. Are you pleased with the direction of your wrestling machine character? I mean, obviously the mouthpiece worked. It endeared yourself to uh, the ECW faithful, but they changed your music. And it was, as you said, an obnoxious crowd overall. What'd you think of the direction of your wrestling machine character with your first pay-per-view under your belt?
1: I thought it was a good start. Uh, The wrestling machine was my favorite character. You know, I did the Olympic hero character. I did the funny comedy character, Kurt Angle. Uh, but the wrestling machine was more me than any of the other characters. And it was my favorite one. It was the one that I wanted to do for so long. And, uh, you know, having be able to uh, perform against Randy in my first match in, at ECW, I knew the, the, the wrestling machine character was on his way. The only problem is I didn't stay much longer. I only stayed for a good month and a half or two. And I left the WWE. I did bring the wrestling machine character to TNA Yeah, didn't call it the wrestling machine. Cause I couldn't, but, um, I had a lot of success with it over there.
0: Let's jump to some questions. Uh, Dave McClay says, did you feel out of place at the event? Because at the previous one night stand, when the crowd chanted, you suck. You replied, your mother showed me how.
1: <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I knew in 2005, I was a heel and uh, cutting a heel promo like that. Uh, I knew they would go negative on me, but in 2006, I was the wrestling machine and I had the ECW mouthpiece. I had a couple of things on my side, so I, I was a little more confident that they would accept me and not deny me.
0: Keegan wants to know, um, was performing at Hammerstein ballroom different than performing in other arenas in terms of crowd noise? I think we've addressed that, but he follows up with this. Is it more difficult to stay focused in a smaller venue due to how loud it was inside That's interesting because in a traditional sports setting, you know, if, if you've got a college football game or a guy at the free throw line, whatever, the opposing team is going to get really, really loud to try to disrupt the play calling and things like that.
1: Does that play a factor in professional wrestling as well? Without a doubt. Yes, it does. The louder the fans are, the more you can not hear the heel tell you what's coming next. So your communication starts to fall. And you, you can't really hear and you, and you want Randy to keep repeating what, what, what we're going to do next. And you can't hear it and you start to, uh, you know, um, get a little bit uh, nervous. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where,
0: uh, you get rattled, you know, when, the, when the crowd gets loud, right. Uh, Carl Hayes wants to know, uh, did you think back in 2006, Randy would be wrestling 15 years later at such a amazingly high level with all the injuries he suffered?
1: Well, in 2006, you know, Randy was, I think maybe 25, 26. So, you know, he started wrestling when he was around 21. He was fairly young. This was in the early two thousands. And, uh, I'm not surprised Randy's still wrestling today because he's, what 40 41 years old he's still young and he's done a great job at taking care of his body the last 12 years he did some stupid crap at the beginning of his career but he smartened up he started taking care of his body and taking better care of himself
0: why adfreeshows.com it's simple it's early and ad free why wait for your favorite shows to drop when you can listen as soon as they stop recording
1: there's no need to wait you can access it all before anyone else can plus no ads no one telling you what to bundle or how to keep that man part standing tall none of that it's just straight content from all your favorite hosts including
0: Jeff Jarrett Eric Bischoff Kurt Angle and the rest of the team that's not all you also get immediate access to watching their reactions live on video
1: as well. So don't put it off any longer. Do it now. You won't be disappointed. Start enjoying all the podcasts you love early and ad free at
0: adfreeshows.com. If you had it to do over again, you've said it a few times, you didn't take care of your body. What would you have done differently? Do you think
1: yoga stretching? I would have done, uh, you know, what I do now, my anti-gravity machine, my neck traction machine, rollers. Uh, there's a lot of stuff now available that there wasn't back then. And, uh, you know, I, I'm able to take care of my body better now, but unfortunately it feels like it might be a little too late. So <laughs> my body's a little too shot right now. Um, I, I recover pretty well, but, um, I have soreness all day long. You know, w- we've heard
0: the stories of DDP back in WCW, he was doing yoga and a lot of the guys were making fun of him, you know, at the time, yoga was sort of perceived to be, oh, that's for women. Uh, and now of course we know that's, that's not the case, but do you think, you know, growing up the way you did and, and training the way you did for the Olympics and all that, was there a little bit of just machismo and ego and I don't have to do all that shit. I'm an Olympic gold medalist.
1: Yes. I mean, you know, when I grew up, we didn't, we didn't, weren't into stretching and, uh, taking care of our bodies. It was just, Go out there and compete. Yeah. And uh, So you didn't work on your flexibility. You did work on your weight training and your conditioning, but.
0: You're talking running and free weights, not stretching and yoga, right?
1: So, uh, you know, not having those in in your repertoire will affect you. And, uh, you know, your body starts to break down. And that's probably why I had so many injuries in WWE because I didn't stretch. I didn't do yoga. I didn't take care of my body. And, uh, so my body was giving out on me and, you know, unfortunately here I am today and a lot of plant pain still, and, uh, suffering from the injuries that occurred in my career.
0: Talk to me about, uh, who you remember first seeing bring that to the locker room, the stretching and the yoga. Do you remember there being somebody who you're like, man, I, I never even considered it. And then I saw that guy do it. And I thought, okay, maybe I should try that. Who was that guy? You
1: know what? <laughs> Honestly. I don't know if there was anybody really RVD is the only one I can think of that would stretch adamantly every night before and after his match. Uh, he was very disciplined about it. I just thought he wanted to stretch just because he does his high kicks and and I'm sure that's part of the reason why, but he smartened up. He knew that he would have less injuries if he got more flexible. Remarkable.
0: Umar says, uh, Kurt, what did you think of the show as a whole? And did you enjoy the main event? You know, that's something we didn't really ask now that you're, you're on ECW and you're sort of the brand ambassador here. You are they're They're sort of marquee player at their first pay-per-view. Were you pleased with the show overall?
1: Well, I didn't watch much of the show. I watched the main event, John Cena versus RVD, but I heard that there were a lot of missed spots. Uh, the show was a little sloppy, uh, but I heard overall, it was a pretty decent show. I just know that, um, I'm sure some of these guys weren't, you know, performing for a couple of years and they brought them in and they were a little bit, uh, stale. And I think that's the reason why the pay-per-view might've been a little sloppy.
0: James wants to know, where do you rank Randy Orton on your opponent list? Is he top five?
1: Without a doubt, uh, especially heel, top two. Uh, <laughs> you know, you don't get much of a better heel than Randy Orton. Triple H is up there. Rick, um, Rick is up there. Freddie Blassie's up there, but Rick and Freddie were more of entertaining heels, uh, triple H and Randy were more heel heels. People naturally hated them, uh, especially Randy. <laughs> Did you say Freddie Blassie, Freddie Blassie, one of the best heels? Yes.
0: Wow. I didn't know you were in the loop on Freddie Blassie. <laughs> I
1: watch video, love his promos. They're hilarious. <laughs> I did a double
0: take <laughs> That's like, I was holy so entertaining.
1: Sh- I'm wow. sure people hated him back then, but now he's freaking hilarious.
0: I mean, supposedly, uh, he used to, uh, sharpen his teeth on TV in Japan and people had heart attacks. I mean, it was crazy how big of a heel he was over there. Uh, Austin Whitley wants to know, was this the craziest crowd you ever performed in front of
1: anywhere? Yes. Without a doubt. It's the most obnoxious crowd. Uh, most passionate crowd, too. Uh, they they say a lot of good stuff and a lot of bad stuff. And uh, they're rebels. They just they want to be treated differently. They want to know. They want to tell the world we are ECW fans. We're not WWE or WCW or AEW. We're ECW. And that we're very proud of it. They took a lot of pride in, in being ECW fans. So
0: let's keep it going here and let's talk about what we've got coming up next week. Uh, I'm really excited that we've got this. We're fortunate enough to already have it in the can. You can get it early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. But we're going to talk to the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. And we're going to touch on a lot of stuff his amateur life, his upbringing uh, in, in amateur sports. And then, of course, we're going to talk about professional wrestling how he got started wrestling, who trained him, and you probably won't believe that. Uh, and then we've got some really fascinating stories about working with the WWF, including his match with big van Vader, his time with the rock. And of course, we're going to talk a little bit, uh, a little bit about the UFC and, uh, Tito Ortiz and all that, that entailed. Uh, we'll also touch on that. He's still wrestling these days. You can still catch him on impact every now and again. And it's hard to believe that after all this time, man, the world's dangerous man is still out there doing his thing.
1: He's timeless. The guy is incredible he's ageless. Uh, you know, I, he's like in his mid fifties right now. He looks incredible. He's able to perform at a level that I don't think anyone else at that age could perform. Uh, I'm so impressed by Ken Shamrock and how he's been able to, uh, continue on in pro wrestling. It's, it's incredible.
0: And yes, I am going to ask the question. Why did we not see Austin versus Shamrock? That's coming up next week. Shamrock is our guest next week. Uh, and of course we're going to keep the fun going through the month of July. We've got some really cool stuff, including a special guest. I don't want to reveal yet, but at the end of July, we're going to talk about Kurt winning the gold medal. This is probably our most requested topic. Kurt, uh, people want to hear the whole story. I don't know that we can fit it all in one episode, but we're going to do our best, but does what it feel have?
1: like it's been 25 years, man? No, time has went by so quickly. Um, it feels like it was yesterday. Uh, you know, making my dream come true, uh, was the greatest thing I've ever accomplished in my life without, besides being a husband and father, it's, uh, it's, it's the one thing that I wanted to do. And if I would have died the next day, I would have been the happiest man in the world. It wouldn't have mattered but I didn't die the next day and I had to do (laughs) something else. So I went to WWE.
0: (laughs) So here we are, but we're going to start the month of July with uh, a very special Monday night, raw watch along. It's the day after the 4th of July, but we're going to do it with you on the 4th of July. It's July 5th, 2001. It is the debut of the silly cowboy hats in WWE, a classic moment. And of course, even all these years later, We've still got cowboy hats and milk cartons for sale over at kurtanglebrand.com, right?
1: Yes, we got birthday cards, cowboy hats, milk cartons, photos, uh, you know, I we got uh, t-shirts, everything. So go to kurtanglebrand.com and get your whatever item you want and uh you know, I you can request uh me giving a signature and uh, I will send it back to you.
0: Absolutely. The idea being if you've got an old title belt that you like, or maybe you've got an old picture of you and Kurt at a convention, you can get Kurt to sign your item. It's all at KurtAngleBrand.com. And of course, all the other fun stuff, including shirts and cameos and everything else. Uh, oh, also want to mention one of the most requested shows we've ever discussed Invasion. That famous WCW's taken over the WWF. What are we going to do? We're going to hit that right in the middle of July on July 11th. So mark your calendars for that. And while you're at it, go ahead and check out physicallyfit.com. We've got some tremendous offerings right now. Chicken snacks is a hit. I don't know if you've seen it on social, Kurt, but people absolutely love all the different flavors.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing all the responses. I'm very happy about it. I'm, I'm you know, thank you for supporting me and uh, buying the chicken snacks. They're an incredible product. If you haven't tried them yet, please order them. Physicallyfit.com. We have 11 different flavors. We have plant protein and chicken snacks protein uh one's chicken and one's plant organic plant protein you get either one or both angle pod
0: is your promo code you get 20 percent off your whole order so not just one item buy as much as you like and you're going to save 20 percent on the whole order and of course you do that over at physicallyfit.com at the top you'll see the button that says where to buy when you click that you'll see a map of your area and you can type in your zip code and it'll show you all the different places nearby. I mean, we can pick it up today, but my favorite just click order. Now online, they ship to all 48 States, you know, the lower 48, they got you hooked up right there. You can get plant protein or the regular chicken snacks, all the different flavors, Kung Pao Sriracha, sweet barbecue with honey, roasted peanuts, cinnamon swirl. Every lady likes, and the kids do too. Jalapeno ranch with uh, peanuts and almonds pizza is a favorite at the office. But Kurt, your favorite, and I think online, everybody's favorite is Buffalo wing, right?
1: That's my favorite Buffalo wing and blue cheese. And, uh, it's a very clean protein, uh, no carbohydrates in it. Very low fat, very high protein. It tastes incredible. It has a zing to it.
0: Yeah. We should mention uh, when you're saying zero carbohydrates, we mean zero. Uh, there's also no sugar, the whole deal. Uh, I also want to mention, and this is a big deal. There's seven servings per container seven servings. So it's only nine 99, but you're going to get 20% off. So it's going to be about eight bucks or so, but you get seven servings out of that. Uh, this is not going to be like a one and done convenience store purchase. This is something you're going to enjoy for several days. It's physicallyfit.com, And I'm telling you, if you don't believe me, just search our feed. Every time I log into Twitter, Kurt, somebody's posting a bag of these things. You got to hit on your hands here, dude. People love chicken
1: snacks. I'm very happy with the progress we're having. And I want to thank all the fans for supporting me. I really do appreciate it. Physicallyfit.com, order your chicken snacks.
0: And we'll see you next week right here with the world's most dangerous man. And <laughs> Kurt angle, <laughs> <laughs> you know, finding the person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great, but you got to hate all the pressure of what's next. Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure of actually shopping for a ring. The hassle, the haggling, finding a store to trust, trying to figure out what the heck the four C's are, discounts, sales, coupons, styles, all the nonsense, but at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged. And that's why guys have really grown to hate Steven Singer. He takes away every excuse in the book for not buying the ring and he makes it so easy. I hate Steven Singer. Steven Singer is a Philly jeweler who's been making it too easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. There's no call center. There's no sales. There's no haggling. There's no promo codes. There's no discounts. Just the best price possible, guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check out Steven at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Always with fast and free shipping. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. It's okay. You can admit it. You're skeptical about all my commercials about SaveWithConrad.com. So was Nathan in Fairfield, Pennsylvania. He left us a five-star review over at ConradReviews.com, and here's what he had to say. I've been hearing the ads for Save with Conrad on his podcast network for years, but I was skeptical about it being able to benefit me. Boy, well, was I wrong. The process was quick, easy, and has put my family in a better place. The service delivers all that is promised quick and easy, as advertised. That's really what we do, Nathan, and thank you for your business. We greatly appreciate it at savewithconrad.com. Right now, we can save your family just like we did Nathan's. Skeptics are allowed and welcome, but if you've got a 30-year loan, if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, there's never been a better time to take advantage of this opportunity than right now. What we're talking about is saving tens of thousands of dollars from the comfort of your own home. You don't have to get dressed up in a three-piece suit for a two-hour appointment across town with a banker. Check it out right now, savewithconrad.com, and if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But what you're really getting is the peace of mind of knowing that you've got the best deal for your family with my family at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Come on, let's take a summer vacation from house payments at savewithconrad.com.